Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Welcome to tonight's uh, snow edition of the Clown Hour podcast. On today's um, on tonight's podcast, I should say, we'll be talking about the Australia Open with my with my favorite tennis correspondent, who's making her debut on this video podcast, Janina Reed from the Real Tennis Fan Sport Podcast, as well as uh, the more quarterback news going to NFL, including possible trades banning about regarding Deshaun Watson, um, as well as Carson Wentz, maybe Russell Wilson, and as well as more information to Big Ben's future in Pittsburgh. Will he retire? Will he restructure? Who knows? And last but not least, we're going to get into some more Black History Month throughout, as we've do, been doing throughout the month of February. So until then, let's get it. Oh, also, please subscribe and get the merch, please, and thank you. Good morning, got a new game, wherever y'all wherever may be. I'm Scott Burks, and welcome to tonight's edition of Decline Hour Podcast. The snowy edition, by the way, getting all the snow here. But anyway, uh, you can find me on, uh, on on Facebook. Just type in The Clown Times and search one of them where you're on laptop, desktop, uh, wherever you are. Just type in The Clown Times, Clown Sports, okay, you find me there. As well as my, my sports blog, The Clown Times, so theclowntimes.net, where you can find me making posts and making a total fool of myself trying to trying to make sense of stuff in sports and as for my co-host Dwayne Nash at the bottom here you can catch him on the yards of HBCU sports and reps about all things HBCU sports as well as sleazy radio on every Tuesday night on Facebook live where he coaching the whole posse goes over some good uh, sports tops and everything else and one last thing you check out his great work on heroesports.com where he reps about all things FCS sports especially as it pertains to HBCUs and uh, one last thing, y'all, well, two last things. Please subscribe, hit the subscribe button at the bottom. It will help us and it'll help you because you get to uh, uh, notice on, on what all the cool podcasts that we have kicking uh, up when it crops up in my uh, uh, YouTube channel. And last but not least, get the merch. The merch. Cafepress.com, search for the Clown Time Sports. I have the, uh, the, the, um, the web address in the description below as soon as it's published to YouTube, so you can find me there as well. And so we're going to introduce our guests. Let's get to it. I talked to her a lot on the on the audio version, but now you can see it for the first time on the video version. So this is my girl here, Janina Reed from Real Tennis Fans Podcast on YouTube. It's a great podcast. You can find it there. You can find her cracking up with the crew. Like going to all things tennis from a melanated point of view. So, Janina, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. I'm ready to bust some balls. Let's <laughs> roll. <laughs> I did two of you this time. Yeah, yes, you do. Speaking of balls to be busted, let's talk about the Australian <laughs> Open. First of all, before we get into it, um, just quick one quick thing about like like one quick thing, uh, Janina. Tell us about tell the viewers about your journey into covering tennis. Tennis and just tell us how you got started with the podcast Ooh. right quick and, and and what led you to this point before we get into it. So I started watching tennis when I was a little girl, uh, grew up really poor, didn't have cable TV. <clears throat> and every summer Wimbledon was on and it was the only channel that I could get. So I watched it and I got to grow up with Serena and mm. Venus and I <sighs> taught myself the game and the scoring I remember thinking like love what is what is love what's all this love talk you know and I, mm. I just I grew up watching it um, as far as my podcast you know the podcast was 
a little bit new um, when when I literally invited myself on. <laughs> because I said, Come on in. Hey, let me in, guys. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, I did it. One of the co-hosts I knew and had talked to on Twitter for years, but the guy that started it, Reels, I didn't know him, but I'm listening to him and I'm like, listen, I got some shit to say. Let me on. <laughs> He's like, all right. And I just never left. Nice. And that was seven years ago. Wow. <laughs> so they couldn't get rid of your ass. Coaching and Lou would say the same thing about me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. God. Yeah. That's, that's why it's like, oh, God damn it. She back again. Why well, should keep her ass on? Uh, yeah. But that's awesome. I mean, again, you guys got a great podcast and we also have fun just chopping up like, like on the audio version sure. podcast before. So we're going to get this now. Australia. All right. So All before right. we get to the nitty and the gritty, let's talk to nice matchups. We're going to start with the final four and work backwards a little bit. We're going to start with the ladies. All right. Okay. So we got the, everyone's going to be watching. No one's going to give a damn two dance about the second matchup. It's like the undercard. So we're going to get to the main event. Naomi Osaka, Serena Williams. Goat versus superstar, maybe a rising the next big thing in tennis. Uh, you know, we all know that, uh, people know that uh, Serena Williams is, 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 a, is like, a, is, a, is Osaka's idol. Um, she said it many times, Naomi has, and Naomi has gotten the better of her recently. So coming to the nice match, Janina, what should we look for? So we need to look for nerves, first of all. Mm-hmm. The head-to-head is 2-1 Osaka. Okay. Two of those matches have been full of controversy. And it seems like when they play, there's clearly some kind of trigger with Serena, especially. Um, I think we need to look for both of them to come out strong. Serena right now looks better than we have seen her look in years. This bodysuit that she's wearing, she's like, I am fit as fuck. Look at me. And she looks good. Her arms are like, just, wow. We haven't seen these arms on Serena in about five years. She's almost 40 and looks great. Yeah, she looks amazing. Osaka is playing really well. She's been challenged a little bit. I think if we, I I don't know what's going to happen. We want to look for strong serving from both of them. Pay close, close attention to who wins the second serve points. That's what wins matches in tennis. Mm. It's who wins the most second serve points. Um, They both have phenomenal serves. So whereas that may carry them through their service games, it's not any, if they were playing anyone else other than each other, that would be a huge, huge factor. But if they're both serving well, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I think there's just going to be a lot of nerves, just a lot of nerves. And who's going to keep this moment under control? Serena wants this. Serena wants this much more than Osaka wants it, I'm sure. She wants to get this Margaret Court bullshit off her back. Um, you know, I want to see her do it but she's been in lots and lots of finals and she can't close it out. And that's gotta be weighing on her. It's this, gotta be weighing on her. I'm sorry. I mean, cause I was going to ask, is, is this more mental? It's think? totally mental. Yeah. It is totally mental. However, Naomi Osaka is an amazing player. You know, she's yeah. got three grand slams under her belt. Um, she's got the confidence of having beat Serena twice in finals. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, 
it's going to be interesting. I really think it's going to be about who controls their emotions better tonight. I hope it's Serena. I want it to be Serena. Osaka has time. She has so much time. We are watching Serena come to the end of her career. I don't want to see her continue to get to finals, even though this isn't a final, it feels like one. I don't want to see her continue to get there and not be able to close the deal. So it's going to be about the emotions tonight. Is it fair to say that the winner of tonight's and we had we totally disrespect the expect the other uh, <laughs> <laughs> matchup, right? Just disregarding. I, the, I the promise we'll get to that. I Listen. promise we'll mention that. But is it before you two? even say it, yes, the winner of this match is yes. the winner of the tournament. Yeah, yeah unless yeah. unless we get a nervous Serena in that damn final again. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the other semifinal, Miles are bringing up two su- surprises. Uh, Muchova, I'm gonna butcher their last name. So uh, Muchova and Brady, one American, uh, 22nd seed Brady, the 21st seed Muchova. I mean, they took interesting journeys to get there, like to get to this point, right? I mean. So Carolina Muchova, we can call her that so that, you know, you feel good about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's a Czech player. Clearly, she's good. She's beaten some. She's she's beaten some talent on her way. Mm-hmm. She yesterday she took out Ash Barty, the number one seed, who has been playing phenomenal tennis. She's taken out the number six seed, Carolina Pliskova, who was you know in the talk for title contention. Number eighteen, Elise Mertens, who's been playing really good, solid tennis. So yeah, I mean she has. She's not had an easy path to get to this semifinal. Um, I won't be surprised if she wins. Jennifer Brady is a feisty little American. Um, I don't know if she's going to be able to handle the moment. Again, it's going to be a lot of nerves because this is both new for them. Um, So, you know, who's going to come out on top? I kind of feel like it might be Mukova. She is just playing fearless, solid tennis. But, you know, I don't think the winner comes out of that side. Not even close. If so, it's Osaka, for sure, but... Right. I was thinking, like, I was going to say, Brady, she's pretty young, isn't she? Yeah, she's young. She's um just out of college, just maybe still in college. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. I don't follow the American women too closely because they tend to be all MAGA bitches, and I'm not on that train. <laughs> <laughs> Can you care no. to elaborate on that, poor favor? I know about Coco <laughs> Vandewey, but please elaborate. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is with with white American tennis players. They are so far up someone's ass, and I just can't be bothered with them. So I don't want to go ahead and attention. guess that it's because they come from a, a particular um, economic bracket. And if you're in that economic bracket, uh, stereotypically, you have a particular party politically. And if that's the case, for those that pick party over politics or right. policy i can see why that's the case it's sad yeah, though but it is sad <sighs> well she's this... a good young talent but i'm not that interested <laughs> well we both say that there was a name john eisner we always say <laughs> we always talk about john eisner Dwayne, because he's from greensboro he grew up not too far from where i grew up and we always say that because we mentioned the, the whole like right wing stuff he, he, he sticks it to my crawl the most because he was one of the ones who, who was very vocal when Kaepernick took a knee. He's vocal about everything that he yeah. shouldn't be vocal about. Yeah. He's the person that you really should like say shut up and dribble to. 
because mm. nobody wants just just no shut the fuck up john <laughs> he had not one shit so there you go I mean, it's, he it's didn't show fun. up in australia oh really Mm-mm. i don't really know why but he didn't oh well go figure that well he not that he would have won shit. he's he not missed <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love the savagery. So let's let's go into let's go back to Serena for a minute. You mentioned like Margaret Court and like for many people out there, some I mean hardcore test fans know know who Margaret Court is, but it's a it's a kind of controversial if you will because am, am I, I I'm 47, so I remember when Stephanie Graf was chasing the record before. Uh, and as well as if you go hell, you go back to uh, what uh, Martina Navratilova, sure, and everybody else. I mean, it's we talked about the open the open era, right? As well as the, <clears throat> the sixties or some shit like that. The the open era take, taking place, so people tend to measure against that. It seems like more so now with Serena than with Steffi Graf, if I'm remembering correctly. I didn't recall hearing much about Margaret Court when, when Stephanie Graf was well, chasing. Of course not. Not not the the young innocent white German woman. Stop it. <laughs> Stop being so silly, Scott. <laughs> well, no Janina, you basically you basically answered the question that I was going to ask. Um, because I, I find it weird when you know the conversation about goats come up in in sports. And everyone talks about Mike and his six rings. And Mike, of course, only has six in comparison to a lot of other NBA players and a lot of other NBA greats that have as many, if not more, than Michael. But there seems to be this huge pressure on Serena to, to top that record. And I was going to ask from your perspective, because, I mean, I know, of course, you can't speak from Serena's. Why is that the case? Well, let's be very clear that tennis doesn't love Serena or Venus. Yeah. Right period. You know, they showed up on the tennis scene playing a different brand of tennis and kicking everybody's asses. They're not loved. They're good and they're black and they're women, right? So you didn't hear about Margaret Court because there's nothing to talk about. Her (laughs) career isn't really that phenomenal. The truth is she won like 11 billion Australian Opens when nobody was going to Australia to play. The Australian Open has been a grand slam for a long time, but players used to skip it regularly. So the competition was very, very weak because people just didn't want to make that trip. So she racked up all these titles. So when Steffi Graf got her 18 or whatever it was, you know, Nobody, she's a white woman. So she did the damn thing. You couldn't deny her dominance. Um, But when Serena passed up Steffi, you know, we got to raise the bar. We can't, we can't let her truly be the leader. This black woman in a white racist sports. So that's why you hear about Margaret Court. Nobody gives a fuck about homophobic crazy right-wing Christian <laughs> lady, Margaret Court. I honestly can't believe they still have a, a court named after her because this woman is, whoo, she's out there. She is really, really out there. So she wait a minute, says, court, court? Is that what you're telling me? It's court, court? It's Margaret Court Arena. <clears throat> oh, okay, okay, good. At least it's Margaret Court Arena. <laughs> like, Margaret Court, court. court. <laughs> It's not court, court, but you know, <laughs> I mean- you. 
that that is that is it it's just the fact that we we cannot celebrate a black woman or a black athlete for just being an athlete right all right that's it yeah but it was like you said earlier based upon okay and I'm, i guess i'll go ahead and i'll attack the elephant in the room now since we're, we're here mm -hmm. um I, before doing the show tonight i watched uh one of the the I'm not going to name the network. We already know what the network is. It's a pretty big sports network, but I digress. They did a documentary tonight on the 2018 uh, U.S. Open. And based upon what you said, and, and for those that are familiar, because I wasn't necessarily familiar with the controversy before watching it tonight, and I understand why it's so huge, right? Um, and I'll allow you to address it um, when I'm done asking the question. But like you said, for whatever reason, Whenever Serena faces Osaka, it seems to be a lot of nerves there. And it was heavy during that match. And it seemed like, of course, well, not a scene. But, of course, there were a lot of other factors there that caused Serena to be emotional during that particular match. With one of those potentially being, uh, 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 one of those factors potentially being uh, able to surpass that, that record, I I'm just trying to figure out why is it that Serena now is so easily rattled. She's not. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. Several times when she's been at that threshold of getting to 24, it's been at mm -hmm. the U.S. Open. Oh, The U.S. Okay. Open historically treats Serena Williams like shit. As I saw, yeah. So that moment that you're referring to with Osaka Mm -hmm. is more dramatic because of the moment a few years before with Kim Clijsters. Mm -hmm. So it's just like the, the U S open as a whole for her is a trigger. You know, she's, she's never been celebrated in America the way that she should be. Yeah. It is a I damn guess. shame. I was at um, Cincinnati the first time Serena ever won there. And it, it's crazy that it was the first time because it wasn't that long ago, but she doesn't always play there. Um, she gets like, you know, mysterious toe injuries to go to weddings and stuff and she pulls out. <laughs> um, but I, I saw her win and they have, they have a champion's balcony there similar to something you'd see at Wimbledon. So after they win, they go up on this balcony and come out with the trophy and kind of wave to the crowd. Serena won that year and Federer won that year. Yes, it's Federer. I get it. But you have a legend in front of you, Serena Williams, your countrywoman. You get to see her at the end of her career do something for the first time. That crowd was sparse. Wow. And I was like, are you fucking mm. kidding me right now? Mm. Are you kidding me? Um, the first time that I ever sat in a Serena Williams press conference, I thought, I got to get there early. There's not going to be any seats. Crickets. Not a lot of people there. People mm. are afraid to talk to her. I mean, it is wild how she mm. is treated. She has oh. seven Australian Open titles, I believe. They mm. love her there. They treat her like the queen that she is in Australia. She does not get that love in America. So back to your point, Dwayne, you know, the whole, it's, it's a lot to do with Osaka in the history mm. of shitty things that have happened while they've played but it really has more to do with historically just crap treatment of her at the u.s open 
Yeah, and they most you, definitely addressed it there in the documentary. And you're right. <laughs> that entire situation from 2004 to 2008, I think it was, no, it was 2009, and then again in 2014, and then, of course, for it to happen again in 2018. <sighs> I mean, I don't care what anybody ever says. I don't give a fuck if Roger Federer <laughs> has a foot fault on an important point. It's not getting called. It's not. Uh, but I will say this, though. The way that that documentary went, um, it made it a, a situation where both sides, they tried to make both sides look dirty on that. The, it, but at the same time, tried to clean up both sides as well. So uh, I, I walked away still impartial based upon what I saw. Because I'm like, okay, I can see both sides on why it went down. But at the same time, I saw how both sides could have done a better job of controlling themselves. But you know what's even more jacked up about that whole situation was the fines that were involved. There were so, fines involved? Oh, yeah, Dwayne. So oh my let, God. Let, us, that, let, <laughs> let me give you some perspective here. Oh my God. Serena was fined over $80,000 when it was all said and done for that, I'm going to shove this fucking ball down your throat comment, Okay. Over, that is the highest fine that any player at that time and maybe still today has ever received, ever. Mm. One of the Bryan brothers, the famous American doubles players, mm-hmm. actually put their hands on a line judge in anger and was fined $10,000. You don't know about it. We don't talk about it. It wasn't in the press. Why? Because these are America's golden twins with all yeah. the titles and their white boys. Oh my God. They showed a clip of Jimmy Connors calling her up and they said that basically it <laughs> should have been an abortion. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. And then Call there's John McEnroe. Then there's John McEnroe too. They said on McEnroe yeah, too, is- but still, but not like. Yeah. But yo, they, Jimmy Connors legit said that that dude should have been an abortion. And a liar and a cheat. And he stole the point from her. This is in yeah. saying now I, once again, I understand that it's difference between up to up, and you would have hoped that an umpire would have handled that situation the way that this up would have handled that one, or that maybe this dude would have handled that situation a lot better. But oh my God, dude, an abortion? As funny as that is, I'm like, yo. That's incredibly fucked up. I shouldn't <laughs> laugh so much. <laughs> well, I'll say. You, 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 can't, you can't beat that with, nah, dude, nah. And you know what? It's funny you mentioned that, Dwayne, because, and I, I know we, we, it's been tennis match going at 10. I'm trying to get you out of here, Janina, I promise. But anyway, um, we normally, we also don't talk about Dwayne we tend to veer off into is a black, speaking of American tennis, talking about black American players mm-hmm. as it pertains to US tennis, or the organization, right? So you have um, uh, Francis Tiafo, <laughs> who's from DC, who Sonia Nicker was in DC. Um, you have uh, Townsend, I forget her first name. Taylor. Taylor Townsend. Um, which is she's a, pregnant. We're not going to see her for a while. Oh, okay, okay. Well, 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 well. Congrats to her, but she's been through some shitty stuff too. Um, that that you shared with me in the past. Um, besides the Williams sisters, okay. Um, so you have Coco. You have Coco. Coco Golf. Yeah, Coco mm-hmm. Golf. Young, the young girl, and she's mm-hmm. doing really well. And guess who she trains with? 
she goes to Patrick Martagalou's academy in France, who is Serena Williams. Ms. Williams coach. Yeah. She's not a part of that USTA shit mill. Yeah. <laughs> and that she's was doing that well. They, that was something they did talk about during the documentary as well, how the, the, the Williamses did not want to deal with USTA and, and all of that. And of course they interviewed Patrick during the, um, during the documentary as well. And he seemed a, a, a little aloof in terms of how he talked about the coaching incident. I'm like, yo, dude, I need you to clean this up better, dude. I mean, I understand this three years ago, but still, dude, come on, man. Just make it look well, better than what you're making it you look. You know what the problem is? I don't, so really because of that incident, coaching is now allowed, but not at Grand Slams because everybody does, does it. it. Everybody does it. Yes. Everybody does it. There was a player, was it, oh God, was it Mukov? I don't know who it was. I don't want to lie. But the other day, she comes out for the warm up and she's literally throwing a fit because she doesn't have a direct line of sight to her coach and telling the chair to tell her coach to move. You don't need a direct line of sight to your coach because they're not allowed to coach you. <laughs> and the chair umpire told her coach to move. I mean, like, it's so incredibly fucked up. It's just, it's a mess. Oh so God. what they really mm. need to do in tennis is just allow the coaching because it happens and they don't call right. it consistently if they called it consistently every single time then it wouldn't be an issue mm -hmm. but they don't so just let it happen because everyone does it and that's what this one up said that was interviewed I, I what is it what do they call like a gold star a gold, a gold star that's like the best of the best chair umpires yeah so he was one of those guys right and he basically talked about the the total of matches that he um has judged or has upped and it was over 4,000. He said that he called coaching maybe 25 to 50 times throughout all yeah. those matches that he's been involved in. And he says, yes, it happens often. The thing is, it's rarely called. Now, by the yeah. letter of the law, yes, if he felt that way and he saw something, he should have called it. But like you said, it happens so often that no one <laughs> thinks twice about it. But yeah, that dude, from, from what they said in the, in, the, in the doc, he has a history. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Martagalou? Yeah. No, not Martagalou. The other. Uh, oh, the chair. Oh, the chair. Uh, what's his name? Um, Gomez. Uh, it's Pablo something. I can't remember what his last name is. But yeah, That's that dude. Carlos Ramos. Isn't that who was in the chair for that? It was Ramos. Ramos. Yes. Ramos, yeah, Ramos. Ramos. It was Ramos. He's, he's notoriously, um, he picks on players. Yeah. Yeah, we'll and leave they, it at they that. They pointed that out. Yeah, he, picks, they did point he, that out. he finds players and he he picks on them. He definitely does. I mean, he's a small, demure man. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon complex, maybe. Maybe, maybe he wanted to be a tennis player and he couldn't succeed. So no, actually, they said he wanted to be a soccer player and didn't succeed. Oh, we've got plenty and of so, little soccer players. He should have worked harder. That well, was the thing. He should have worked harder, right? And yet he stumbled his way onto tennis. But yeah, what, what are you going to do to me? He'll come to DC. I thought that very seriously, but you know, I digress. It is what it is. Well, right, like, like, right quick, uh, I bring up the black tech players, and I'm glad we had this discussion. Having this discussion is because it seems like we see a theme, an obvious theme. But the point is, is this. I think Coco is going to be a star. Hell, she might even sure. be a superstar where, where it's said it's done. I mean, she's only, what, 16 years old? And mm -hmm. gets mm -hmm. love. I mean, you see a lot of these Black, famous Black tennis players, these stars, American stars, 
you would think that, and we, Janine, you and I talk about this all the time. I mean, you would think that USTA has learned their lesson with the Williams sisters, as far as shunning them, if you will, because they're self-taught. And to your point earlier, they played a different style, brand style tennis that's never been seen. They're from the hood, crushing the, crushing a, a, a rich ass sport, you know. So they're not embraced, obviously. So I say all that say this: When will USCA? I'm banging on the table. You haven't seen me, but when will USCA fully embrace the young black stars in terms of nurturing they're them? Not. And because if Janine, I mean the Williams sisters. They're legendary. They won't claim they they won't give any love to USA, and rightfully so. Same with Coco Golf, perhaps. Maybe, maybe if Sloan Stevens gets her shit together, maybe. No. I'm not too sure about Madison. I forget her last name, but the point Keys. is Keys. But the point is, is USCA, the USCA <clears throat> is missing out on a lot. There's not an American star, a male star. There may be a few notable names on the women's side, but they're mostly international national as far as the big names outside of the women's sisters and mm -hmm. Coco. But I don't, I don't think they will. Missing. I don't think they will. The USTA as a whole is a mess. Um, mm -hmm. Leadership is changing far too often. And tennis is so small, they just recycle people in mm -hmm. roles. And they need, they need to bring in new people. And they don't because... It, I mean, tennis is tiny. To be a, a global sport, yeah. it is really, really small as far as who runs it and who's involved at mm. the top levels. So right. I, I, I don't see it happening. In the history of the way that the USTA treats um, a certain population of players, why would they want to be a part of that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I know I'm get, I'm promise you I would, I would get you situated. You're, you're okay. You're again. okay. Okay. I, I'm just saying, because <laughs> I could talk to you for hours. I could talk to you for hours about this shit. But anyway, I know you want to touch upon the men's side, so let's get to that right quick. Your boy no your boy Novak, Novak Djokovic. I like him. You don't like him that much. Uh, <laughs> what do you like about him? The hell? He, 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 you he, like his he has a tantrum? swag. He has a swag. I mean, I don't know. It's a, I don't know if it's swag. I mean, he says what the hell he wants. He does what whatever the hell he wants. He he's, like the the, he's like this. He's like this. He's this. He's like this to no. the umpires. He speaks his mind. He talks shit. I, I mean, I look, he cracks me up. He personally cracks me the hell up. Are you kidding me right up. now? Yeah. So what, Can oh. you shut him off, Dwayne? No, <laughs> I, I cannot. I, I wish I could. He's hating on Novak again. Listen, I can't believe you. No, because I, I don't know this player that you're talking about. Like, I have no idea who this is. He doesn't listen. Cool, swagger filled the dude. If oh my Novak God. Djokovic would embrace the his villainness that he yes, is, he's a villain. I would, but he doesn't embrace that. He wants to be loved. He oh, wants, he wants to be like a LeBron. Oh, okay. He wants, yeah. he wants people yeah. to love him like they love Rafa, like they love Federer. They don't. He doesn't even sell tickets. That's the truth. Right. He's not a big ticket salesperson. So no, 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 no. I think you, if, if that's the player that you want to love, you should get on the, the Russian train with Daniil Medvedev because he is the one that says, fuck you to the crowd and <laughs> yes. Yes, talks he is. all the shit 
and he's you know what he's backing it up um i right. i picked him to win this tournament he's in the semifinals yeah he's in the semifinals mm-hmm. yeah because team. we have a so-called injured novak who you know wanted to on court after his taylor fritz match he actually said i have a torn abdominal muscle i don't know if i'm gonna be able to play against milos raonic bitch you ain't got no torn abdominal muscle people with torn <laughs> muscles don't play sports they rest they heal but there he was he comes back and he plays milos and he throws his little fucking fits and he wins in four you know but he's he's got ripped muscles so he wins that match <laughs> the way he's then, <laughs> then he plays you know then I'm he plays his take. this is the best <laughs> but he goes on to play alexander zverev and you know he's he's injured and he's not playing well and it hurts and zverev usually plays him <laughs> tough he's he's the number six seed but zverev is a choker he should have won uh-huh. um but you know they they had i don't know was it was it his match during with zverev that he through the temper tantrum on court, I think, yeah, I think he had so. a bad point. Yeah. He broke his that. racket. Yeah, he yeah I saw that. the shit yeah. out of the court so bad that he damaged the court. They had to come sweep that shit up. Let me tell you, if that was Serena, she'd have been defaulted. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Novak is Novak, and he throws temper tantrums. Oh, my God. Did you guys see? Did you see the fan yell out to Novak on the changeover? Go, Rafa. Are you serious? That really happened? I swear to God. Oh, it was great. And this this is what he did. I'm so glad we're on camera because I like want to do this on my podcast, like do the faces and I can't. So so some fans like go Rafa. And Novak went. He literally looked at the fan and went. <laughs> He's a villain. Yes. That's why he yes. I agree with you, Janine. Embrace your villain aside, bro. You wear not- the black hat. Where that shit and all But it, then man. there was the woman in Rafa's match uh-huh. who actually called him an um an OCD fuck and flipped him off. <laughs> she actually ended up getting escorted out. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed that just as much. <laughs> Speaking of the Rafa. Australian Open has been <laughs> off the hook. Well, let me ask you this right quick before, before, before like before we get to before we wrap this segment up. Um, they're allowing Kralis back, right? So are they allowed, how many, how, what, to what capacity, what percentage capacity? 50% capacity. Oh, okay. I don't really know oh, wow. what that five-day lockdown was supposed to do. They only had 19 active cases of COVID. But here's the thing. Australia uh, had none. So, you know, Novak is all pissed off about this hard quarantine bubble. And he wants to have like an, you, you don't get to have a global sport in an NBA-type bubble. That'll he mentioned never that, work. Yeah, he mentioned it. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, he's blaming all of these injuries on the quarantine. No, boo, you were off for a year and you didn't do shit. So probably train harder <laughs> and be ready. I mean, that's my take. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of injuries because people haven't been playing and training. Maybe they didn't utilize their time like Serena did and come back with this banging ass body. You know, they do better because Milos Raonic from Canada, he's looking a little fat right now. Mm. A little James Harden-ish. Mm. <laughs> yes. So anyways, you know, Novak wants this bubble and he's saying that if um, there's going to be a hard quarantine like there was in Australia that maybe the entire season should be canceled because players aren't going to want to do this. And I'm just like, Novak, shut up. Just shut up. This is the man who at the beginning of a COVID had the Adria tour where they traveled from country to country to country in the Serbia area and all these players got COVID, including him. 
but they did no social distancing. They did nothing. But Australia has honestly managed to pretty much eradicate COVID because the people there wear masks and listen and do what they're told. And, you know, like like the lockdown was real. There was no fast food open. There was no delivery. They didn't do things like we do here in America. And so it worked and they're healthy. So they had this five-day lockdown and they're going to allow fans back again, starting tonight. The lockdown was over midnight last night. That's cool. Um, yeah. And it's a 50% capacity. And I, I don't know if that's total like everywhere or if that's 50% on one stadium. And they didn't explain that very well, but it should be good for Serena and Osaka. It should be nice and electric and fun. Yes, that'd be cool. That'd be very Because cool. I was getting really tired of the fake applause. They were doing that. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, they were doing the, <laughs> the, 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 the NBA and NFL. Noise. The recording the pumping, the crowd noise, pumping, <laughs> manufactured crowd noise. The game. So yeah, bad. So, so bad. Uh, let's, close show, let's close this segment, I should say, out on this. Because we were missed. I didn't bring up your other favorite player, my guy. Rafael Nadal. Oh, please, let's coming talk about Coming from Rafa. two sets of head, coming, snatching the, the jaw, snatching the feet from the jaws of victory. Coming Did from the head. It? Did you see it? Yes, it was sad. It was very sad. How, how are you up two, two games to none and just blow the well, other three games? I mean, didn't wow. you know that? The last adults, the third one, the third <laughs> set in the tie break, right? Got his ass kicked in the fourth set and then ran out of gas in the, in the final set. I was so, I was so. He didn't run out of gas. Let's be clear. Rafa doesn't (laughs) run out of gas. Rafa is a machine, but Rafa always, he, you know, Rafa supposedly is injured as well. He's carrying this back injury. Can't you tell? Cause he's not moving well. He's not like running all over. Like he typically does. Mm -hmm, Don't say yes, he is. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) He's fine. As you can see, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead, sis. Um, Stephanos. Mm-hmm. Sissy Pass, the young, yes, the young Greek, beautiful yeah. Greek, oh lord, fella that he She's is. Beautiful, okay. He kind of is, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't translate well on court, but <laughs> you see him in person, and he's pretty. Oh lord. <laughs> but he wasn't playing well. Okay. He wasn't playing well at the beginning, mm-hmm. and he really raised his level. Um, he tends to play the top guys really hard. He's got wins over Novak. He's got wins over Federer. You know, he's he's good. I think he's. Mm, I don't. I don't remember what CD is for this tournament, but you know, he's in the top ten. Um, and he just four. raised his level. Uh-huh. He's he is gonna be. Uh, he's twenty one or twenty two. He's a young man. You know, he's young. young. Yeah. Um. And he's he's good. He's good. And he's got that pretty one-handed Federer-esque backhand. And he, yeah, he didn't, I don't, I don't think Rafa went away. I think Stefanos upped his level and Rafa didn't maybe know what to do with it. Um, it certainly wasn't that non-existent back injury, but mm-hmm. it was a good match. I mean, I watched it. I, I had to be at work, but I, I, just, I set my phone up and I put it in the corner and I'm streaming. <laughs> Hooky, hooky yeah, listen, <laughs> I had to see it. I had to see it because honestly, I didn't think he was going to do it. It's Rafa, right, you know, right, it's, right. it's Rafa in a grand slam. So mm. no, I didn't think he was going to do it, but he did. And I'm happy for him. I'm t- listen, I'm tired of watching Rafa and Roger and Novak win all the big matches. These young guns need to step it up, yeah. do better. You cannot be losing in finals to the 40-year-old. Speaking of which, 
Where's 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 Roger these days? Where's he up to? So Roger um, had knee surgery over okay. quarantine. Okay. And he could have well. So he said he could have played here in mm-hmm. Australia, but the travel restrictions were tough. And Federer does not travel without his family. Period. Sure. So that wasn't going to be a possibility, the wife and the two sets of twins and everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like, yeah, no, not going. But then he said later that he isn't coming back until he feels 100% he will not play a match. And he said his knee's not better. But, you know, Rafa's the one that had the bad knees all those right. years. Right. And Federer somehow is the one that's had two knee surgeries. I don't really know how that works, but Rafa has all these injuries that explain away losses that are so non-existent what do you mean Janita? he's playing through these he's he's getting it through he's, he's tough no he's guess that warrior narrative guy. never dies yeah. never. oh my god and it goes from sport to sport i see and yeah hey, it makes tough guys out of everybody yeah well did you see venus williams she got injured early in her match yeah. she toughed it out she yeah. did not retire because she doesn't do that and then you've got dickhead john McEnroe going I don't know why these other people don't tough it out. Cause there were two walkovers in a night. I don't remember who, but I woke up and it was like, there was no tennis that had been played overnight because people didn't play because they were injured or, mm-hmm. or they had injuries and they pulled out or retired during their match. And mm-hmm. you've got, I mean, listen, if you're injured, you shouldn't play. Don't do that to your body. Right. Just don't. And John McEnroe. Oh, why don't they tough it out like Venus? Cause because he's an idiot. <laughs> Come serve your ass like John McEnroe. That that that, <laughs> that 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 lyric from House of Pain, lovely, lovely. No reason to love so, McEnroe. Uh, but anyway, I'll let you, you get you. Go, well, okay. wait. There, we we do need to talk about one person. Oh yes, sure. yes. Go ahead. Okay. You had asked me, are there any surprises? We do yes, actually yes. have a Cinderella story of this tournament. And it is a young Russian. You know what? He's not that young. I want to call him young because we don't know who he is, but he's 27. His name is Ashlan. Oh God. Karatsev. Okay. So he, um, there was a tournament before the Australian open started called the fed, uh, the ATP cup. And it's actually like designed to be a team event. So he played, um with Andre Rublev and Daniil Medvedev the big Russian stars right now and they actually called him he played doubles for them okay. the format similar to Davis Cup you know you got singles matches doubles matches whoever wins the most matches right. wins and moves on right so he won both of his doubles matches he's never played in a grand slam he went through qualifying mm. and I don't know if you guys are aware of how qualifying worked it was really weird. It didn't happen in Australia this year because of the hard quarantine. They actually did. So he's been playing technically for like five weeks now for the Australian Open wow. because qualifying was so jacked up. And it, it was like in Doha or Dubai. It wasn't even in Australia hmm. because they weren't letting players in yet. Sure. And um, so he went through qualifying. He won all those matches he gets to the main draw this is his first main draw appearance ever ever wow. in his entire career mm. he has never won or even played in a main draw grand slam and he has beaten Grigor Dimitrov the number 18 seed he beat the young Canadian Felix 
Agur Alasime, the young black guy that we all want to love so bad, but he just keeps choking. What's his name again? Um, I missed that. Don't make me say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you dirty. <laughs> we're gonna call him. Get, we're gonna call him FAA. FAA. Not the flight administration. <laughs> he beat Diego Schwartzman, who I thought for sure he would lose to because he's just this feisty little Argentinian who okay. will he'll just run you down. He'll he'll get every ball back and run you down. So like he's got Novak next, the injured Novak. So he should definitely take advantage of that abdominal strain. And uh, <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll give him the strain. I think he probably has a strain. He definitely doesn't have a tear. Although he did have an MRI. He doesn't want to talk about the results. Whatever. You know, I'm going to talk about the results. Yeah. I like Listen. Those. This is the same man who thinks that he can play tennis through telekinesis. Oh, he's an X-Men. <laughs> man, listen. You hey. didn't say that. You didn't tell me he was man. Wolverine. Oh my <laughs> God, he's in the court. <laughs> telekinesis? Man, yes. Oh man. He said that. I'm not making that up. So <laughs> um so yeah, he's our Cinderella story, and I'm excited to see you know what happens with that. It'll be yeah. fun. Well, we'll see. So, I, you know, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna have your ass back on next week because I know oh, by, by the time, <laughs> by the time oh, I know, I know this. This, this both finals will be over the weekend, but just to hear you talk shit, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. It's fucking great. I, I love you. I love the sister. So I love being here. Yes, yes. So we'll get you out of here four minutes before the start of the. You Elmer's better hope Stamble that shit hasn't Osaka. started yet. I know, right? You can see how I go to the camera and whoop my ass. Hey, hey, hey I, I did what I could. I did what I could. I did what I could. I kept my questions as, as sick as possible. Oh, my. Anyway, y'all check her out on Real Fan Tennis Fans Podcast on YouTube. Can you tell the viewers, Janina, when you guys produce, like, podcasts? Listen, we're black. We do it when we want. <laughs> We're, we say we're going to have live shows and we're always fucking late. <laughs> but oh honest God. to God, this year we have not been regular because it's hard to talk about sports when this is what's going on when right. we're in the middle of a pandemic, sure. when our country is falling apart. Mm. You know, it's we've ignored it. We actually just did our first podcast of the year last weekend okay. um, because we just were like, no, I don't want to talk about tennis right now. Right. Mm. But if you're a Harry Potter fan, we did a quarantine special. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to say that it is fucking amazing. If you have never discussed Harry Potter like this ever. So check it out. Check that out. Well, next time I'll do a Game of Thrones podcast. Ooh, you want to do one? I would love to do one in the future. Let's do it. Well, I think that'll be one of the ones I have to sit out. You know, I I, I admittedly said to Scott, I have never watched the series at all. Yes, your side. I'm disappointed as I am. I think, Dwayne, if you give it four episodes, you will be hooked. So I've heard. So I've heard. So right now I'm in the process of playing catch up, of course, on WandaVision. And I'm taking, 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 uh, whatever's. Advice, whatever, on what I should watch next. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you I'll go ahead. I guess I'll Bridgerton. crank it up. You know no. what? I, I, no. I, My wife I already watched watch Pornhub. Why do I need to go and watch <laughs> Because I burn for you. 
Well, I'll watch Bridgerton now to find out what that means. No, please don't. Please don't. My, like, I'm, my, 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 I'm sorry. No, I'm don't sorry. Watch. A woman whispers in my ear, dude. <laughs> duh. <laughs> I'm following through whatever that oh, it was. Oh my hey. god. At any rate, on that note. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right, Janina. We'll have you on next week. Thank okay, you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you, Janina. Yes. We'll holler at you. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Big thanks to my homie, Janina Reed, from Real Tennis Fans Podcast. Please check out on YouTube. It's, it was great. I, always, I love to have her on, especially on the audio version. And the video version just made it that much better. So that much better, it, yes. It was, it, was, it was awesome as fuck. So I just leave it like that. <laughs> So let's get to the NFL, some quarterback news, some more. Yes. This is next edition of the NFL being coming to NBA part a thousand. Um, yeah, of so course. Straight, like quarterbacks won't be able to move. We already mentioned, uh, okay, what happened with Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff the previous two weeks. Mm-hmm. All going with Deshaun Watson, won the hell out of Houston, used to doing some Houston, Texas, Texas things. Like yeah. firing uh, J.J. Watt, which probably going to be to his betterment anyway, and also getting rid of um, uh, the, show, the the uh, equipment manager who said to be Deshaun Watson's boy. Yeah. Why are you going to keep antagonizing? You might as well trade him. So meanwhile, you got this rumor, latest rumor, that the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers are making a push for him. They want to trade not only three first-rounders for him, but they also will be willing to part with Christian McCaffrey, which I don't, I don't know about. Especially, yeah, I, yeah. You, they don't want to be bereft of, of of offers of weapons, and I don't think Deshaun wants that. I think he has no trade clause for mm-hmm. that specific reason. So, what do you think about that trade? That 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 trade rumor, if you will. I don't know how true it is. Maybe they're just trying to drive up the price for Deshaun Watson. But I, well, either way, um, and, and it would have been interesting to have Rashad here this week, the Carolina Panther fan. To yeah. talk about this um but i just found it interesting that carolina is starting to become this front runner in this situation yeah and like you said I, I heard about the draft picks i heard christian mccaffrey's name was attached to it i also heard that brian burns the young defensive end's name was potentially attached Are to you it serious? as well i don't I like am that very serious i don't now, like that i don't, now, like I don't think that. it's going to be all five right that would be insane right yeah, i don't like to do that. that yeah but um Either way, either mixture, if it's the three picks in either or of the one of the two young players along in that deal, um, my God, like you said, especially if it's Christian McCaffrey, to go ahead and empty out that that talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball because there is a possibility that they'll be without Sam. Is it Samuels, the receiver? Yeah, Chris Samuels. Chris Samuels. Chris Samuels. Yeah, so if, if Samuels walks out, and then you trade away McCaffrey, who's going to be there with Deshaun? And, and I'll go ahead and say this at least, applause to them because the the, 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 the the front office staff that used to be there, which is sadly enough in D.C. right now, um, you guys went ahead and brought Washington into this conversation. Sure. They had a hard time in bringing in talented, skilled players, but you just couldn't, well, I mean, uh, 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 what's your boy's name? Um, Rivera was there when they drafted Ron McCaffrey. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see what this coaching staff now and this front office does in terms of picking up um, skill position players anyway, because they're, they're potentially going to need to do that. And then if they get rid of McCaffrey, they're most definitely going to have to do that. Yeah. So I don't know pick. necessarily how I feel about that, but 
it'll be interesting to see if, if this becomes a destination for him and what the price will be. But like you said, one of the bigger things that, that, that came up in conversation um, over the weekend as well was, of course, when the Texans got rid of um, J.J. Watt, right. is whether or not this thing could or could not potentially be racial. Because, of course, J.J. wants out. Right. Deshaun, well, just J.J. wanted out. Deshaun also wanted out. They're not willing, well, from their perspective, to get rid of J.J., not JJ, but Deshaun. But they gave JJ his walking papers. Right. Um, and this is possibly because they they tried to ship JJ out in terms of a trade and couldn't find any suitable <laughs> compensation. So to do right by him, they just went ahead and released them. Right. And there's some people who believe that you know maybe there's a racial thing um, involved in this. And a part of me doesn't want to believe that because of the DeAndre That's Hopkins fair. situation. Right. You know how they were capable of trading DeAndre away, but not Deshaun. Yeah. Um, so I'm just still trying to figure out what is it that Houston really wants to do um, in that situation. I don't know if they know what the fuck they want to do. They, they, and, and I like the fact they keep saying, you don't know what's going on. But then do tell us what's going on. Right. If we don't know, tell us. It's that easy. But I mean, hey, it's your business. It is what it is. And you want to continue to run the organization to the ground. Right. So be it. But yeah, the, I know the fan base is wondering what's going on. They want to know what's going on. And, right. and, and, and hey, you want to make money? You, you want them to come and buy tickets? Give out the information so people know what's going on. Right. And that's the thing. Um, and, you know, look, that's why I know you, you don't fault, you want to fault the show for taking $144 million. No, I don't. But, you know, but I just think, it would, I mean, hindsight. It would have been easier for him not to take that extension because it would have been easier for him to get easier for him to get dealt, in my opinion. Because he would have had what one more year on his contract. Yeah. So it to me it would have been easier. And it would have been the rookie deal. Right. 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 Exactly. So that's 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 all. But I think Carolina going back to the Panthers for a minute. Mm -hmm. I think the Panthers would be stuck on stupid if they traded McCaffrey. I thought I think so too. Yeah. It's the best. And as much as I love I love Brian Burns too. Mm -hmm. I I don't. This is a case where Houston, sh on paper, shouldn't be in the driver's seat yeah. because everyone knows Deshaun wants out, mm -hmm. which means the price given with the supply and demand thing should be driven down. It shouldn't yeah. be trying to be driven up because mm -hmm. what should. What teams I think will go to risk doing is bidding against themselves mm -hmm. in the end. Now, their, their, their situations, like as we mentioned last week, I think the week before last, San Francisco, he'd be a great fit in San Francisco, he being Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And the Shanahan run offense? Mm -hmm. What? That mobility that he plays most yeah. Lord yeah. have mercy. So <clears throat> there, and you know, we mentioned the Jets, we mentioned mm -hmm. the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. More stable situations. Yeah. Um, even the Jets are more stable than the Texans these days. Um, and I like, I like, I like, I like Watson in Carolina. I think they obviously would have to move Bridgewater. Oh, that was that was the thing. Of course, they're looking to, to move Bridgewater. Yeah. And and of course, with Deshaun being from South Carolina, going to um to Clemson. Yeah, and and of yeah, course yeah. the the, the uh, uh, assumed thought that the Panthers are looking to 
continue to expand their fan base in, in South Carolina, which mm-hmm. I'm saying right now, if it's not already there, um, what's You're doing the something hold wrong. up? Yeah, what's, yeah. what's wrong? If it's not already there, what's the hold up? What are they well, doing? I was not yeah. to say that Deshaun wouldn't help in that, but yeah, if it's not there, what is the hold up? Um, but the one team that was also talked about, I'm surprised you didn't bring them up. Of course, it's the one team that can't stay out of the media's mouth for long, the oh. Dallas Cowboys. And yeah. there's been discussion on, on <clears throat> if the Cowboys would think about signing Dak and doing the signing trade with Deshaun in the Houston Texans. What are your thoughts on that? Of course, Jerry Jones would do such a thing, right? Yeah. Of course, Jerry Jones would do it because he gets a – let's just let's be real. As much as I like Dak, Dak is not a scrub in this league. He's a damn good quarterback. He's yes, not, he is. But he's not the Sean Watson. No. If you put the Sean Watson, and it depends on how much Dallas will have to give up, but if you mm-hmm. put the Sean Watson with potentially Ezekiel Elliott, a motivated, should be motivated Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. with Amari Cooper, with C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? If Jerry Jones lands that, I'm going to go back to the 90s where I will hold my head in sorrow and shame and sadness. Not shame, but sadness. Seeing <laughs> Dallas win all those damn Super Bowls and just be so good. But Well, I mean, they I, can't play defense. So if Deshaun plays defense, they can't play defense, but still. They, they can outscore <laughs> you. They can't play defense, they can outscore you. But the point is, is that they will make Dallas more and more relevant, and I don't, I, I wouldn't like that at all. Nor would you like that at all. God, no. God, so, no. But let's, let's, let, let me share something with you right, right quick. We'll move on. Okay. To Big Ben. Um, Colin Cowherd, God love him. He had on he had a crazy ass trace there with the dominoes where as far as the quarterbacks want to be on the move or already okay. on the move. Mm-hmm. So check this out. I'm gonna read this right quick. I took a screenshot the other day. This is number one of the first domino to fall. The, the Panthers acquired the Sean Watson. Okay. Domino number two. Mm-hmm. Texas acquired Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, we get that. Down okay. number three, the Jets draft Zach Wilson out of BYU, mm-hmm. which means Sam Donald with number four go to the Colts. Oh, wow, okay. And number five, the Bears will acquire Carson Wentz. Okay. This Carson Wentz, this is Coast will have their quarterback. And Carson Wentz, that's a destination in, in Indianapolis where those mm-hmm. will go. He'll be in Chicago with the other places. Now, mm-hmm. check this out. Number six, the Patriots. They've been interested in him, but they're going to they will acquire Marcus Mariota. There's okay. rumors about him going there. Mm-hmm. And number seven, this is an eye, this is a eye raiser, eyebrow raiser. The Falcons will draft Justin Fields, which means potentially Matt Ryan would be on the move, or maybe have Justin Fields sit behind him a year, which I yeah, think yeah. Well, which would make mm-hmm. it go six because Matt Ryan's still playing at a high level. He's yeah. just old at this point. Mm-hmm. Number eight, the Texans, even though they have Teddy Bridgewater, they'll draft Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Okay. Which is interesting. Number but nine. But how did they get that done? Oh, because they will get that first round pick. Yeah, they'll get, get Carolina's first round pick, which is in the top 10, I think. Top 10 pick. Uh, top 15. Um, number nine, the Saints, and as we said this before, the previous two weeks, mm-hmm. they will resign Jameis Winston. Yeah. Which would be better, a lot better than the other dude that they have, who's Tim Tebow like. And number 10, 
believe it or not, the Fournettes will retain since they didn't get Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. They have to retain Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, since the hot room with Dallas didn't acquire Deshaun Watson, they will end up resigning one Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. So, as fun as that would be, mm-hmm. if, if even half of those transactions were to take place, would be NBA esque. Because mm-hmm. we said last week, only this, only this position, the quarterback position, would be NBA esque in terms of players wanting out mm-hmm. and being accommodated. Because despite being in the middle of a deal or just signing an extension, because that's a glamour position. That's the most yeah. position in sports. Most important mm-hmm. position in sports. So they have. I'll say this: How many moves <clears throat> was that? That was ten. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. I can see five of those happening. Yeah. But it, it would be the, the the more boring of those things, right? right. I can see Dex staying in Dallas. I can see Jimmy staying in uh, San Fran. Mm-hmm. I can see Carson Wentz being traded and, and going to either Chicago or to Indianapolis. I don't know how I necessarily feel about Sam Darnold going to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think that would have to be a situation where it's a okay. We didn't get anyone else that we wanted, right. and he's available. And it doesn't cost us much to get him. I think mm-hmm. that'll be the only way that Indianapolis does that, right? right. And oddly enough, he'll end up becoming like uh, Mark Sanchez when he was in New York, where Sanchez was Sanchez-esque, and they had that great defense, and they had that pretty good running game, and they will continue to win games that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, God, what else? There were a couple of other moves that were there. Uh, the Jameis Winston staying in, in New Orleans, I can see that happening. And then there's probably another one or two there that I can perceive happening. So, yeah, I'm not shocked by a lot of those. It's a couple of those where I'm like, mm, okay. Like, especially the Deshaun to Carolina. That's the one that I don't know if I necessarily see happening yet. Right. But it is what it is. Yeah, either way, half that, half the quarterback, half those, at least half those quarterbacks on um, Colin Cowell's big board, if you will. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Mel Capadria. Um, I think a lot of those are going to happen or be on them in terms of being on the move. A lot of those clubs are going to be on the move. So, and this is fun, unprecedented times that we're seeing, man. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, uh, uh, let's put it this way if if those, if any of those quarterbacks do not move before the draft, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're going to stay put. It's only, it's going to have to be before the draft because you should figure that almost all those quarterbacks movement would be would be predicated on draft picks. So, yes. So I, I think that's why I think if, if it doesn't take place, if any of those quarterbacks do not move or change addresses before the draft, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing about quarterbacks. So I mentioned them earlier, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Remember I said last week, was it was the last week? Yeah. Two, yeah. 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 When, when I yeah. gave my thoughts on why we as a – I, as a Steelers fan, would hope that my Steelers were ripped off the Band-Aid. His, the general manager, Kevin Colbert, was pretty lukewarm about his return, his Big Bear's return. He, he told reporters, he, 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 this is what he said, this is a quote. Quote, as we sit here today, Ben is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Today. Today, yeah. as of today. That's, <laughs> that tells you, that tells you, yeah, that meh. But here's more. He reiterated. He reiterated that to, to that to us that he wants to continue to play. 
And we told him, quite frankly, we have to look at his current situation. Mm -hmm. Ben's current cap number, some adjustment would have to be made, end of quote. And then to follow, to piggyback, you know, from team owner and CEO, Rene II, he said last month that, 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 that his cap number, $41.2 million cap hit in 2021, for the 2021 season, is unattainable. That tells mm -hmm. me... That tells me I think Ben two out of two things gonna to have to have to happen. Either he has to restructure mm -hmm. or he's gonna to have to retire. If one to two hours is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And if he restructures, that means they're gonna push money down the road on the future cap hits. And I don't think they're gonna allow that to happen. So I this I'm gonna come out and say that. If he retire, he's gonna get cut. Mm -hmm. And just take the 22, because he because out of the 41 million. 22 will stay on the cap from what I understand if he gets cut because he's doing $19 million roster bonus. Okay. Um, Mark. Next month, as a matter of fact. Mm. So that's why I, either way, he's not going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler at 21. Wow. That's why that's from from reading what uh both the owner and the GM just said. When remember the GM's his quote, his words, as of today. Today, yeah, you know what that that sounds very L.A. Rams esque. Exactly. About Jared Goff. That's what it said about very Jared Goff. As of today, yes, yeah. as of today, yeah. So I think this is it. I think they're realizing that their current team, if they were to run it back, they won't be as good as Cleveland. They won't be as good as Baltimore. They're not beating the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not beating the Indianapolis Colts. They're not beating the Buffalo Bills. Again, Buffalo kicked the ass the last two years. Yeah, they're probably not going to beat Miami. We're, pro we're probably, we're, I think we probably won't beat Tennessee. And I think we're playing the AFC West this year. So basically, not only that we're going to lose the Chiefs, we probably won't beat, Saint, we probably won't beat the Chargers. And depending on what happens in, 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 in Las Vegas, they may give us a run for our money. So, the, and also one more thing. And I mm -hmm. said this last week. I told my Cincinnati homies this every time I talked to them. On Twitter, it's with like in regards to whether it's a group text or whatever, or a DM or what have you. If Cincinnati were to draft offensive linemen mm -hmm. to protect a stud and uh, uh, Joey Burrow, Joe Burrow, mm -hmm. with those the talented skill players that they have, Tyler Boyd, mm -hmm. uh, T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. Uh, dude, took the rock out of the backfield. Forget his name. I'm blanking on it, but he's a damn good young player. Well, they got Jim Ronnie Bernard back there, and yeah. what's the other back that they got back there too? I, I, I forgot. I forget what his name is too, but I know who you're referring he's, he's to. He's damn yeah. good. He's a good young. Yeah. He's a good young run, running back. They're going to be a problem. They're going. To, Cincinnati's going to be a problem. So, mm -hmm. and the, not only are you looking up at Cincinnati. I mean, I'm sorry, Baltimore and Cleveland. I can't believe I said it out loud about Cleveland, but potentially Cincinnati. It's going to knock them out of the three spot. Mm -hmm. So they're figuring in Pittsburgh, they're figuring what well, shit. Let's just rip the bandaid off anyway, take that albatross of a cap hit, reduce it, and use that to improve the other aspects of the team. Use that yeah. to maybe resign or restructure Joe Hayden's contract, Steven Nelson's contract, maybe re try to resign one of the young, young nickelbacks. Um, not Cam Sutton, I'm thinking about the other guy. And also, you know, use the compensatory picks 
to improve the offensive line and draft mm-hmm. offensive linemen, draft the running back in the second round, maybe. Um, Trevor Baker out of out of uh, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Uh, preferably Travis Etienne is the dream. But you if he falls that far, yeah. If he falls that far in the first round, I say grab him. But mm-hmm. this is a deep offensive line draft. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think because we already got a defense. So again, use cut, 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 get this 86 big band out of the equation. Use the rest of that, that money to spread around, restructure contracts on defense, keep the young corn defense together, improve the offensive line, build around Mason Rudolph. Let's give it a year, see what, what can this kid do with a talented mm-hmm. team around him. If you can't do it, you're probably gonna have a high draft pick anyway. You can pick a quarterback. So just stop, stop kicking a can down the road. Get the shit over with. What are your thoughts? This is the same team. Man, I, I love the the sky is falling attitude that you Steeler fans have. <laughs> I swear, man. It never is. You don't know that the sky is falling until the sky falls on your head, man. I'm telling you, man. Look at look, look at all the knots on my head, dude. Look at, my, look at the knots. <laughs> look at the knots, man. Oh, but, the knots. <laughs> That's funny. I'll say this. Um, this is the same team that won what 11, 12 straight. Right. Last year, this past season. First I mean, 11 games, yep, 11-0, yeah. yep. Yeah, you, you, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 the, the two biggest issues, well, the three biggest issues really are, of course, working on that O-line again, especially yes. with the, 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 the uh, retirement of Pouncey. Yeah. Um, getting a running back back there because they yes. became extremely one-dimensional, um, especially after, like, week seven or eight. Right. Um, and then trying to figure out a way, figure out the uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger situation, right? right? And of course, you can go ahead and, and resign the other guys that you feel as though that you need on the roster too. But those are the biggest three in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel as though that Ben could probably play for another year. The thing is, is that he's going to have to restructure that contract and make it friendly. Big time. But the way that, but the way that the front office is starting to sound, I don't know if they're necessarily fans of this. And it seems like they might end up heading in that direction. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see what type of battle is going to be for the quarterback spot between Mason Rudolph and one Dwayne Haskins. Um, it's going to be very interesting, especially if Dwayne is going to be in a, in a situation where he has the old line in front of him and he has skilled players behind him to play, especially with the defense that um, to play too. But uh, And also to have a QB coach that believes excuse me, in this dude. So if you can get those things with Dwayne right, that might be the thing that that reinvigorates his career. But if it's between Dwayne and Mason, yes, they're going to have to get another guy in there. Even if it's a dra- no, I'll go ahead and say that he didn't go ahead and bring another vet in there. I don't know who that's going to be and how they do it. Right. But what's the this care this QB carousel kind of situation situates itself? Yep. Then they'll figure out from there who they need to go ahead and bring in to compete that way. If they can't have Big Ben's to stay, but yeah, that's the way I see it, man. Um, yeah, they have to. They have to address those three issues. They have to. Otherwise, it's it's going to be this is Chrisberg's at a crossroads, man. Yeah, a huge crossroads. Oh, it may be an end of an era, but it's a great era. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's yeah. a great era. It's a damn yeah. good era. Three Super Bowls, one or two of them. But yeah. um, it's all good things coming to an end, and that's the way it is in sports. We're gonna we're gonna cap this off with more Black history in sports. Um, I, I'll say this. We, I'll say this. I've been saying this every week, but I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. This is when throughout Black History Month, you know, as this series continues, we're going to give you all 
listeners out there, the viewers out there, let alone Black history moments in sports, whether it's firsts or moments. Mm -hmm. So again, not the ones that you already know, not the Hank Aarons, not the Jackie Robinsons, not the Arthur Ashe even. We had a tennis course matter earlier because a lot of people know who Arthur Ashe is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and everything else. But we're going to give you all the nook and cranny, nooks and cranny of Black history and sports that, that, that people don't know about but should appreciate. So we give, we give, we give big, we've been giving two each. So I'm going to give my two. D-Nice is going to give his two as well. So let's get to it. So my first Black history and sports moment or individual is John Baxter Taylor Jr. Okay. Now, who is John Baxter Taylor Jr.? He was the first African-American to win an Olympic gold medal. Right? Mm. So again, everyone knows who Jesse Owens is in terms of the Olympics in Black history. But they don't know who John Baxter Taylor Jr. is. I didn't know who he was until mm. I researched him. But anyway, he was a member of the U.S. Medal medley relay team at the 1908 Summer Olympics in London. Mm. So John Baxter Taylor, first black, first African American to win an Olympic gold medal. That's one of your Black History moments in sports, and another one who. You might, you probably have heard of. I've heard about him for years. Some, some hardcore fans may know who he is. Golf fans, I'll, I'll tease it. Golf fans may know who he is. Charlie Siffer. He pretty much like one of the first black stars on the PJ Tour. He was he played from 1948 to 1980, and so this is a time where. No, he, he like golf. We already golf is similar to tennis. It's a predominantly white elitist rich sport, right? We know mm -hmm. this. And he dealt with a lot of racist bullshit way back in the day, as we could well imagine. But basically, he 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 was he early in his career, Silver could only compete in tournaments organized by fellow black golfers, right? So he would compete in those, but eventually. When you when you complete against your fellow black golfers, right, fellow go, you know fellow like-minded golfers, you want more. You like say, hey, look, I'm just as good as any. I could compete in the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. Why? Let's. Why am I? What am I waiting for? So what he did, he attempted to qualify for the 1952 Phoenix Open, but used an invitation received from boxer Joe Lewis. Mm. So basically, Joe Lewis got on the hookup. But of course, when he was while he was there. He received, he being separate, received death threats. Of course. So right. he continued to play and he eventually joined the PJ Tour in 1961. So he went on to play in 422 tournaments with 51 top 10 finishes. Wow. 51, which included wins at the 1967 Greater Hartford Open and mm -hmm. the 1969 Los Angeles Open. Hmm. Once again, Charlie Sifford. The first black star golfer on the PJ Tour, again with 51 top 10 finishes. That is dope right there. Yes. Um, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily facts I'm gonna give. I just want to pay homage, you know, the tip of the cap to uh, HBCU athletics. Yes. Um, from the aspect in which we don't necessarily talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. We always talk about 
the um, general revenue, uh, the, the revenue generating sports right. like football and basketball. Mm-hmm. We very little pay homage to those sports that that exist and to sports that a lot of people don't know necessarily um, that exist. You know, of course, HBCUs not only have football and basketball, they also have volleyball, right. tennis, yep. um, bowling, where two HBCUs have actually won national championships in the past uh, tw- in the past 10 years. Uh, actually, I'm going to go ahead and say 15 years. Um, Maryland Eastern Shore has won two titles, one in 2008, one in 2011. North Carolina a and I'm alma mater, won one in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, other sports that people don't necessarily know that exist on HBCU campuses, um, the loan program of swimming and diving at uh, Howard University. Unfortunately, um, North Carolina a and also had a program up until a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand why they decided to remove it, but you know, to, to, for Howard to have the lone HBCU swimming program in the, in the country is dynamic and they're still going strong. Of course, the golf programs and um, Howard, oddly enough, just had their program reinvigorated thanks to contributions from one Steph Curry, who's a huge golf um, enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, men's lacrosse, that started to become a huge thing back in 2014, if memory serves, serves me correct, because Hampton introduced lacrosse to their sporting program nice. um, that year, along with other institutions like Morehouse that has a, a lacrosse club, Florida A&M has a lacrosse club. Mm, um, UDC has a lacrosse team. Howard's Women has lacrosse as well. So there's several HBCUs out there that have lacrosse. Um, another sport that you wouldn't know necessarily that um, Delaware State, I think, also has lacrosse too. So speaking of Delaware okay. State, they also have equestrian team up what? there at Dell State. Okay. Yes. Um, nice. So, you know, they have their equestrian team. Uh, Hampton has a sailing there in Hampton, um, what other sports? And then, of course, uh, Florida a has a wrestling club there. So shout out to all mm. of those non-revenue-generating nice. uh, <clears throat> sports out there in the HBCU landscape. And also for the ones that that, that are no longer in existence, um, at one point in time, a used to have a boxing team in the um, wow. late 50s, mid-60s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I thought that was pretty dope to see that, too. So, like I said before, man, a tip of the hat to all of those HBCU sports that don't. Oh, and 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 tennis. I did bring up tennis, but I want to go ahead and put some shine on Xavier out of Louisiana, um, the NAIA program, one of the most winningest programs in, in on the NAIA level. No one talks about them the same way that I like to brag and boast about a lot of the football and, of course, A&T's track, men's track program, which is ranked number five in the nation this week. Um, Louisiana, uh, Xavier out of Louisiana, they have one of the most dominant tennis programs, men's and women's, mm. on the NAIA level in the nation. So wow. big ups to them because they Good. rarely get any talk about. Nice. But yeah, every time I turn around, they beating up on somebody and they're always nationally ranked on that level. So nice. shout out to all of those programs. That's and of awesome. course... Happy birthday to one Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the fourth best player in NBA history. Thank you. <laughs> but my boy was trying to troll me and a buddy of mine, another buddy out of mine from college, that we we're not like we're not Jordan believers. We don't drink the mm-hmm. Kool Aid like my boy does, who posted who tried to troll us. I'm like Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, were like a word about the goat conversation. Yeah. I'm not have a word about that. 
<laughs> but my boy, my other boy, Jeremy, that's his name. He was like, welcome, happy birthday to the fifth best player of all time. Is I. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I, I, I am all for trolling in reverse. So oh props to him. So let's kick off the random shit segment. I got a contribution to the random shit segment. My, okay. My, to the random shit segment of the show. Props to the San Diego Padres or managing to keep Fernando Tatis Jr. on a steal of a deal. Oh, really? 14 years, $340 million. Now, people look at the figure, the total figure, $340 million. Uh-huh. That's a lot of money, which it is, yeah. but it's 14 years. So if you mm-hmm. divide 14 and the 340, you get um you get 23, 24 million dollars. Oh no, they, they 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 did that with a mask and, and glove. Yeah. But with, with, with a ski mask on. Yeah. My God. They so they kept a superstar, a young superstar in Tatis Jr., essentially for less than 25 million dollars a year. Oh my God, they got away with one. They did. And you they know the play association are mad. You know the play association's mad. You know superstars are mad. Because you know what the tapes are gonna do, right? They're gonna mm-hmm. go, they're gonna in every negotiation point, they're like, Well, how good is you? Are you better? Are you better than Fernando Tatis Jr.? You see what he got? Mm-hmm. He's better, you better than him. If he's he's like the the uh, the best one of the up and coming team the players in the league, well, he's a superstar. He's averaging less than $25 million per year. I think Dwayne's it's frozen. <laughs> yeah, you were so much in shock, if you, like your your head is frozen. But what's frozen? See, because it was it was weird because you were frozen for a moment, and I'm like, okay. But did you hear me I talk? Said, well, you hear me? Did you hear me talk while I was frozen? I didn't hear you at all. Oh wow! That just made that weird. Yeah, so like you were frozen, and I'm like, okay, I can't hear what he's saying, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Let me just stand right here for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> You're it's in a staring like position. The damn man, uh, damn Wi-Fi, I tell you. But uh, but, but I did hear the part about Tatis and, and other players when they're looking for a new deal. Of course, they're going to be con- compared to Tatis and his contract. And yeah, yeah most definitely, GMs do it all the time. Yeah, most definitely, scouts well, not scouts, but um, uh, uh, agents do it all the time. Hey, right. we're better than so and so. We deserve more money than so and so. Or hey, you're not better than so and so, so you deserve less money. And so yeah, watch. I can see how that's gonna become a huge issue. But yeah, you're right. The the San Diego Padres did it ski mask way and, and, and stuck that dude up. I feel bad for him. And they're really low-key looking good. They have, they low-key have a good they are. They are. They turned it around last yeah. year yeah. and became extremely competitive and, and made it to the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if they can continue to get better, um, Watch out. So what, what do you have any? That's my contribution to the random shit summit. Do you have anything yeah. else to add? Yeah, a couple things real quick. Okay. Of course, uh-huh. HBCU football starts up this weekend. Yes. With the SWAC, they, they kick off their season mm-hmm. um, this year. I just find it very interesting that Alcorn State, who has opted out from this um, particular season due to COVID issues, um, it was announced today that the SWAC will, will penalize them oh, wow. by um, – all of the games that they've uh, decided to not play this year, they will count those as forfeits and will wow. chalk those up as automatic wins for those for their opponents. So everybody wow. in the SWAC already got a dub already. Damn. And um, to penalize them further, the game, some of the games that they would have played on the road this year, right. um, I need to read the article more to find out exactly which ones they're going to be. But some of those games that they were supposed to play on the road this year, which would have in turn have been home games for them in the fall, 
are going to be road games. So that's just another way to penalize them. So all of this being done leads me to believe that the SWAT don't believe that Alcorn is not playing due to COVID reasons. Either that or the SWAC is just handling the situation extremely horribly because, you know, talking with the MEAC and and, and their commissioner, well, before teams decided to to opt out, Mm -hmm. my question to him was, um, what would happen if teams started to opt out a little bit late due to COVID concerns? It's like, what are we supposed to do? They're concerned about COVID. There's nothing we can do. And I was like, okay, that's pretty big of them. Uh, mm, Swack thought differently, right? Mm -hmm. So with that said, um, a uh, 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 big up to the Atlanta Braves because they will be doing what they have dubbed the Ralph Gar Bill Lucas HBCU Classic. And it's mm. going to be a game. I forgot what the date is, but it's <clears> going to be a game between Grambling and Florida A&M this spring. Mm-hmm. And why those two teams? And why this name? Bill Gar is a, um, a, a, a an alum and great that used to play in. Uh, 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 well, at Grambling, and I think if memory serves me correctly, Guard used to play for um, the Atlanta Braves, and I'm hmm. thinking the same thing for Bill Lucas, who played at Florida A&M. Okay. So that's why this game is it's named after the two of them, and they would decide to go ahead and have a classic um, to, to to have these two teams participate. This is the Braves? Is this the Braves this, doing this? This is this is the Braves organization. That's okay, doing cool. This. That's awesome. So shout outs to them. Matter of fact, let me see because I think I had the date right here in front of me, real quick. If I can find it in five, four, three, it, they do not have a date. They just say it's going to be okay. a three game series. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Let me see. Let's just five. Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Boom. 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 Okay, that is uh huh. Let me see if I can find the date. Come on. Come on. Come on. Blah 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 blah. But like I said, guards an alum of Grambling. Lucas is an alum of Florida A&M. And if memory serves me, both played with um, the Braves at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Yes, the series will take place March 12th, excuse me, through March 14th um, in, in um, Gwinnett, Georgia. Okay, nice. That's the suburb of Atlanta for those who don't. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, one of the sprawling suburbs of Atlanta. Okay, uh, yeah, so I guess we could wrap it up. This was a great show, bro. Uh, yes, it enjoyed, was. Highly entertaining. Yeah, enjoyed having my girl, our girl now, Janine Reed on from Real Tennis Fans, YouTube podcast, talk about some all things tennis. But mm-hmm. once again, thank y'all for tuning in to this podcast, The Clown yes. Hour. Please, again, hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. I know I'm pointing to my left, but it's to, it's to my right uh, of the screen. And which you just, just subscribe. It'll make me feel good, make my man feel good. And it'll make all of us feel good. As well as, please, get the merch. CafePress.com. CafePress.com. Search for the Cloud Tennis Sports. The address will be in, the web address will be in the description below. And please check out the Wayne Nash's Good Work on the Yards. That's HCU Sports. Wraps about all things HCU Sports. As well as, please, ready every Tuesday now on Facebook Live. Also, HeroSports.com, where you see more of his great work. We rest with all things FCS sports as pertains to HBCUs. So in the meantime, take care, guys. Stay safe throughout the snowstorm. Prayers out to Dallas and we're all of Texas hit by yes. the snowstorm. All those Most people definitely. out of power and all those pipes bursting, people dying. Please be careful. Pray for Please. these people and pray for everybody yes. else in the country affected by the snowstorm passing through tonight here in Cincinnati as well. And then probably the East Coast too. Where yeah, it's coming our way tonight. Yes, sir. Yeah, there you go. 
So please stay safe. And also, speaking of staying safe, I know that people won't be traveling because of the snow, but if you have to go outside, and I know they have COVID vaccines out there, stay your ass at home. If you can't do that, wear a mask. Don't be a Karen. Wear a damn mask. Keep everyone safe, not only yourself, but others safe. Wash your hands when you get back to the crib. And one last thing, please take care of yourselves. Have a great weekend. Peace out.